0: Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Divine setup number nine. If they have ears to hear, then speak. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, it's so good to be with you again. Man, I'm just so thankful what God is doing in our lives. And the best is yet to come, and I just praise God for that. We're talking about Divine Setup, and this is Divine Setup number nine. And uh, this, this, this testimony or podcast or episode is basically saying if they if, if they have ears to hear then we need to speak. We need to, to, to tell them about Jesus. And when we're talking about divine setups, what we're really talking about is the providence of God, how God is putting us in situations around people in order for us to get, to grow, or learn, or even be used, as in the sense of today, so that we'll be, be prepared for the future and for everything that He has for us in the future. And in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus, this is considered the great commission. And when Jesus is speaking here, he speaks to his disciples after he has already resurrected. He's given them some final words. And uh, one of the things that I love here is how in you know, two verses, really three verses, he uses the word all, uh, everyone, all nations, everything. I mean, he just is kind of very, very... Inclu- exclusive meaning that's it's, it's 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 encountering all, everyone, all nations, everything, and when we come to the word nations, when he says all nations, Jesus is, uses a word that's pretty powerful, and that word is ethnos, and that word ethnos means people group or race or belonging, who belong or live together, and uh, it, Jesus is a Jew. And he's speaking to Jews and he's telling this, this kind of this statement that's very Jewish in flavor, even though he's using a Greek word, it's a Jewish in flavor type of a statement here. And what he's saying is, ethna, uh, this the nations. It, what they would have understood was the Gentiles, the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Jesus is telling the disciples who are Jewish primarily, he's Jewish, he's giving them the commission, the great commission, go and make disciples out of all nations, et te et nas, all all people groups, even the Gentiles, especially the Gentiles, the people who are not like you. And Gentiles were the ones who... uh, were involved in idolatry they were ignorant to the things of God they were considered heathen or pagans man this was not an easy statement for for Jesus to make to his disciples but it also could have an understanding of not just those who are pagan or non-believers that are not like the Jews but it also considered like all races you know all people groups or ethnical backgrounds people of different tribes, of different tongues, of different ethnicity, that this was pretty inclusive, that it, it included everybody. It wasn't this gospel message, this truth of the gospel was not specifically for one people group, one language, one ethnic group, one culture, one race. You know, it's for everybody. The Great Commission is the greatest source of racial unity and the first great stand against prejudice and racism that we ever have recorded. As we go through our life and in our days, we are on mission every day. Christ says, look, as you go, as you're living your life, you're a follower of me, you've been born again to the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, go and make disciples. Whether it is evangelism, evangelizing the non-believer, ministering to the believer, we're going to be on mission every day of our life, and we do not have a choice of what color the person is that God wants to use us to minister to or to evangelize, what nationality they may be, or even what religious sect they may be connected with or coming from. We don't get to choose who God is drawing unto himself and who God wants to use us To be the instrument of the tool of that. See, as children of God, we begin to partner with him for the gospel. We begin to get involved in something that's far beyond ourselves, that's far greater than us. You know, somebody says the workmen die, but the message always carries on. And this is our generation as the children of God. This is our time. And, you know, if the Lord don't come back anytime soon, our children's time will be up our grandchildren's time will be up. And so what we need to do, we need to make sure that we're faithful with today and whoever God is drawing unto him, whether it be a person of like color, person of opposite color, it doesn't matter. That's not our choice. Our choice, our command is to tell, to teach, to baptize. Our job is to meet them where they are and for us to do it intentionally intentionally. I believe the greatest indictment against the American church is on Sunday mornings when we have white congregations meet in one area and black congregations meet in the other, Asian congregations meet in one, Hispanics in another. Someone once said that Sundays are the most segregated day in all of America, and that, my friend, is the truth. However, the gospel message is intended to tear down those barriers. The indictment on the local body of believers is Christ commanded us as we go, be intentional about making disciples of every race and nationality. However, our churches are filled with the people of the same color as ourselves. And I say, Lord, have mercy. We really need to reflect heaven. And heaven has every nationality, every tongue, kindred, and tribe that fills heaven's gates for those who would believe. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus speaking again, it's the Great Commission written down in Mark's account, and he says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. The Gospel of Matthew emphasizes the notion of going, you know, going, and, and baptizing, and Mark, he, he emphasizes a lot on preaching. This is important. Uh, all nations the same, all peoples, all creation, people from all backgrounds, yes. The idea of going and preaching, Mark emphasizes way more than it's kind of emphasized in, in Matthew. And, and, and the word preach here means to herald, to throw, proclaim, to speak publicly with confidence. You know, it's to, to evangelize. Evangelize is the word that simply means to tell the good news, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to another person in a way that they can understand it, that they can hear it and comprehend it, or to speak to them in their native language. In a, in, a, in a tongue that they can understand. These words are significant because preach means to publicly speak or herald the good news, to evangelize us, to share the good news of Jesus in a person's language where they can understand it. Think about, think about this for a second. Think about Galilee and how it was called the Galilee of the Gentiles. Many of various ethnic groups and, had gathered in that region and, and they worked there, they were doing business there, so there was people from all over the globe, all over Mesopotamia, all over south, that, that, that region, Asia Minor. They're all over there, and they're people from different backgrounds, different languages, but they came to this place to do business. Imagine how many different people were in that area uh, that one of the fishermen apostles came and would go to the market to sell fish, and how many people from different backgrounds and ethnos that he would encounter. So think even think about Corinth and how Corinth was a large metropolis city that was a bordering place on the Roman road and it had ports. And think about the people that would gather there from all other places trying to earn money, trying to make a living. Think about those people from different nationalities, different colors, and different races. Think about the gospel and how the gospel made it to these places, made it to these areas. We are called to share the gospel publicly and openly, and we're to do it without prejudice or racism. We don't know who God's drawing. If they in these places of business and those places of commerce, yeah, they might be from a place where they speak one language, but they're coming to do business there. They usually have this a uh, 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 language that's usually everybody speaks to do business. Now, throughout the globe, that language is English. All the way throughout the globe you go to a large city People that are doing business from that city From other nations They speak English And so they communicate They understand They have an ear to hear and to understand And so the idea is That when you come across an individual That God may be Drawing unto himself You don't look past them because of their color You don't look past them Because of where they may came from or what nation or nationality they are you're to say if god is drawing them and they have ears to understand my language then i'm gonna share i'm gonna give them jesus let me tell you what happened to me in 2006 the lord opened up an opportunity for me and my new friend joel at the time to go to the nation of israel man it was a once in a lifetime trip boy Two Egg had heard about us going this opportunity to go to a David Wilkerson's conference uh, preaching and teaching and it was just a once in a lifetime opportunity with Times Square Church and, and the ministry there and the church in Two Egg, the New Hope Free Will Baptist Church they, they came together and they said we'll pay for your way and I told you all the testimony how the Lord made that happen it was overwhelming show up in Israel and we're staying in, in downtown Jerusalem in a hostel It was really a Bible college's um, dorm room. It was like a Christian Missionary Alliance Bible college. No, chapel. It was a Calvary Chapel Bible college. That's exactly what it was, a Calvary Chapel Bible college in the middle of Jerusalem uh, near Zion Square. And we were staying there in one of the rooms with the rest of some other guys. And uh, one night, me and Joel uh, went downstairs, and uh, we were—he had to use the telephone— and as he was using the telephone, I was uh, sitting there waiting for him. And uh, this, this Arabic gentleman, this Palestinian, came up to me. And uh, he was a Muslim, and he's like, asked me if I had a cigarette. And I said, no, I don't have a cigarette. I'm sorry. I'm still waiting on Joel. And, you know, at that time, in 2006, uh, there was a lot of unrest throughout Israel. A lot of Arab uh, Muslims around uh, Jerusalem and around the surrounding nations We're trying to do terrorist attacks And other types of attacks on Israel and in Jerusalem So it was a very heightened Moment so when a Muslim walked up to me it was a little Nerve wracking I'm like hold on now what's about to Happen and uh, he went and got His cigarette lit and he came back To me and you know he just started talking His name was Angel and I'm still waiting I'm a friend Joel but I'm praying while I was Waiting and Angel's there and the Holy Spirit says you need to share him with me Again we're in a very unsettled time. It was a very unsettled time. I remember right after we left the Gulan Heights, there was some bombing there. We were up in Haifa. Uh, I was on the phone with my sister, and they had thought there was so it was some. Uh, it was an unsettled time, and we left in Haifa, which is the Mount Carmel area. As soon as we left there, there were six, six or seven days of unrest and war, uh, shots fired, and. Bombs dropped, and you know, I was in Jerusalem, saw some packages blown up. It was just really a difficult time in the nation's history, and we were there. And so, when he comes up, and I'm like, Man, the Holy Spirit tells me to share with him, I was a little nervous, but I knew God had set him up. And so, I just began to share. I said, Angel, you know what, you said you're a Muslim, and I just want to share with you how you can make it to heaven. He says, Man, I had his full attention. And I began to share with him how he can have security at knowing Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ will give you a new life through the birth of the Holy Spirit when you turn to him in faith and you surrender everything. And right there, Angel prayed to receive Christ. Angel says, I want this, I want this Jesus. He prayed and made Jesus Lord of his life. And man, we were, I was in tears. I was pretty blown away what was happening. My friend Joel walked back up and was like, Man, what's going on? And he goes, oh, you won't believe this. I have to tell my friend. I have to tell my friend. I said, Angel, what's your friend's name? And he goes, hold on. I call him now. And you talk to him. You talk to him. And he called him. And I got on the phone. And it it was Mike, the same guy that I was staying with that was in charge of the dorm of the college, had been witnessing to Angel and praying for Angel for about four months before we showed up. He had gave Angel a little New Testament Bible and began praying for him and, and trying to disciple him and really trying to stir him towards Christ. And when he, he met me in that square, the Holy Spirit says, today's the day for salvation. If in my own understanding, I'd be like, well, this gentleman's Arabic. You know, he's Palestinian. He don't, he don't you know, if I share with him, there's going to be danger. And I didn't overlook him because of his skin. I didn't overlook him because of his race. I didn't overlook him because of his background or what what religion he was affiliated with. I spoke. He had ears to hear the English language. And I spoke the gospel message. You see, in Israel, there's the Palestinians who speak Arabic. There's the Jews who speak Yiddish or, or a form of Hebrew. But everyone, in order for commerce to take place amongst them, speaks English. And it was a divine setup that God had been drawing angel for months. And it was that time that he surrendered his life. I wonder how many people that you come in contact with in the grocery store that might be standing behind you in line and you might just overlook them because they don't look like you. They... They sound different. They dress different. They might even smell different. But yet God was drawing them. And they had ears to hear, but you were silent. And so I want to challenge you. Just as Jesus challenged his disciples that afternoon on that hill in Galilee go and make disciples of all nations. You don't get to pick and choose who he's drawing. You just get a chance to be a part of touching and reaching this generation. If they have ears to hear your language, you speak the truth of heaven. Father, we love you and we thank you. We pray for Angel, Lord, even now, some years later, God. We pray for his walk and journey with you, that it will continue to grow and be filled with fruit and life. And Lord, we pray for those who God, who goes about their business every day, who interacts, Lord, even with the COVID mask or in this situation, but yet, Lord, there's people you're still drawing, even a cashier, Lord, a clerk at a grocery, at a, at a convenience store. God, you're still drawing. Even people we talk to on the phone to pay bills or to order. Lord, like the, the lady I spoke to yesterday on the phone. God, you're drawing men and women unto yourself. If they have ears to hear our language, give us the boldness to speak your truth in love. Use us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you real good. Thank you for being with me, and I'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.